Welcome to Atypical, an offbeat take on news in the addiction recovery field. I'm co-host Mary Crocker-Cook from the San Jose City College Alcohol and Drug Studies Program. And I am co-host Gary Montreza, Executive Director of Pathway Society in San Jose. Our purpose is to both educate and entertain with the recent news stories about the addiction field. We've set up our podcast in sections that include drugs and news and ethics challenge and prevention. Be sure and subscribe. So here we are before we start our first little section. Yeah. I, an, an announcement. Announcement, okay. It, it was as a result of our European tour. Okay, that's right. We, we had our podcast We tour. now have a local gig. Ooh! A, an open a show, a live show. We're having a live show. We yes, are. Yes, on are. August 29th. Oh, I know. Isn't it exciting? Sobrato Nonprofit Center in San Jose. We have a live show. Yeah, tickets so are closing excited. out right now. So we'll, for our dedicated listeners, we'll let you know. Yeah. Get a hold of us. Let us know you want to come. But we are on for three o'clock. That's right, August twenty ninth. It's gonna be live. So, so, you know, if you someone if we picked on you before, <laughs> we expect you to show up. And we're gonna also Trey. Say, Trey could come yeah. up. Right, Trey. How you been, brother? So, we're gonna we're gonna sell some swag. You know, like some some t shirts. We should. We should. We, we should. should. We should just go there. Little hats. Like we're little rock stars and get a limo. <laughs> Well, people, we could. But you've seen people have seen our picture, right? Yes, they have. We can we can have little monkey hats. We, we can, can. Sell. we can do all kinds. We of stuff. could be all about it. But anyway, we do have we yeah. do have a live show coming. All right, so, so we'll tell you more about it as it gets closer. Indeed, and in fact, um, coming up with this idea, you might think that we it's related to our first section. Why would you use that to get high? <laughs> It might be. Why would you? Why would you, would you use were that? Were you to high when you thought of that? So here we are. So today, you know what a, 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 a boozy bear is? I do not know what a boozy bear is. It's not a hug. It's it's, it's not boozy. a care bear. One of those drunk care bears. No, that's would be horrible. So this is really interesting. I this was new to me, but um, apparently people are taking the harmless little gummy bear. Gummy bears? Yeah, and do you know what they're doing with them at all? Well, if they're boozy bears, I'm guessing. Boozy, yeah, they're, they're soaking putting, them in vodka. They're soaking the gummy bears in vodka. With the other things they were soaking in tampons before, right? The, yeah, that's right. That. We have a soaking powder. So what is it with vodka and soaking? Vodka and soaking. Yeah. I didn't know about it. So literally, this is the first thing I did when I go, boozy bears. What? Well, let it? me check this out. So I Google, you know, Google's really yeah. great for this. Or as um, the late Senator McCain used to say, the Google. The Google, yes. So <laughs> I, I said the first thing up, and this is not a joke, right out of how to make vodka gummy the, bears. Oh, you got instructions, That's Gary. Right. Wiki how. Wiki it's how. the first hit. Okay, was that Wiki is very how. funny. Okay. And it was, you know, put up there. So it gives you the steps. There's about six of these steps. I don't think I wanted. How oh. hard could it be? Don't they just dump them in the vodka? Yeah, they put it in a bowl and they add vodka and make sure it's completely covered. Cover the bowl up with plastic wrap. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, they have to let it soak for yeah, a while. Yeah, huh? taste a piece of candy on the second day, so it takes a while. Ooh. Remove the gummy bears from the bowl. Use a spoon to. Oh, so it's a longer term process. Yeah. Not not for the impulse control problem, people. Here, here's the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're just drinking it and eating at the same time. Uh, and here's the last one was what, what? serve the gummies 
gummy bears immediately. Oh, yes, sir, immediately. So okay. apparently they're for adult parties, but I was okay. immediately concerned about uh, the health and well-being of, you know, kids. Oh, yeah, kids. How and about even, them? And self-disclosure, um, I do take gummy bear vitamins. You take gummy bear vitamins. Yes. You're adorable. Yeah, there you go. Look at you. So if someone put those in. Oh, vodka, that would be very bad, Gary. Yeah. So but that would explain your behavior at times. It, it would, yeah. <laughs> but at least I'm healthy doing it. Yes, you so, are. Uh, so the latest trend, you know, this is not, this is years ago, this came out, but for, for teens to get drunk is to soak gummy bears and gummy worms in vodka. And okay. This can be done, of course, in plain sight. You're at school and you have a, you know, a handful of gummies. You're like, do, do, do in your class. And oh, you, you can no just one eat knows. Your, Oh my goodness. Here you are getting, you know, altered. And uh, so anyway. Wow. Yeah. It turns the little treat into a. A powerful kick. Wow. So, okay. I was immediately concerned because, you know, here's alcohol poisoning symptoms can include slurred speech, confusion, lack of coordination, double vision, nausea, vomiting, all the different things we would look at when someone was is, is drinking. Well, how, okay, how many gummy bears would you have to take to get in trouble, do you think? Did it say? No, it didn't. No, it didn't? Say. I wonder. Yeah. Hmm. But if you're taking a handful, I don't know. Yeah. It's a bad combo, sugar and sugar. And yeah, that is a bad combo. It actually, it could make you sick. Hides the taste. Ew. A lot. But also could make you well. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> You're a little defensive right you now. You don't Gary. really understand. You're a little defensive. <laughs> That's my face color change. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know that, but it's. Uh, <laughs> trust me. Okay. You don't want to mess with that. So I was immediately concerned about little kids, and so I was going to get into. You know, poison centers and all that. Oh but my goodness! You can see how I can see that be a problem. Can grab that, or your dog happens to. Yeah, your dog munching on snacks. So you know, there you go. There we go. As if we haven't had enough things infused with vodka-soaked vodka gummy bears. So the next time your teenagers eating a lot of gummies, you notice that eating a lot of gummies, you need to be suspicious immediately. You might go like, mm. "What's up with the gummies?" Yeah, let's give me those. I know there's so many ways they can get in trouble. Where'd you get these? My dad. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole different program, folks. That's for the 29th. Well, thank you for sharing the the hazards of gummy bears. Um, now, now we're going to shift our attention to news in addiction field. And Gary, this was an action-packed one because I had two I was going to do, and then one of our listeners sent me in an even more interesting article. Really? I was going to talk about how Mar Google is now banning marijuana delivery companies from selling weed directly through their apps. Okay, oh, you can no longer do that because they're concerned about children. Hmm. And so you can't um, actually, um, you can't use weed maps and ease um, for in-app ordering. And then- Can I ask you a yeah. question? Why do they always think of children after they implement these exactly. things? Exactly. Because- Oh, you know, I'm so, I know. So Probably because the child gets in trouble and then they go, whoops. Whoa. Okay, here's the other one I was gonna talk about, which is the video game addictions now officially recognized by the World Health Organization. Uh, WHO now calls gaming addiction a pattern of persistent or recurring gaming behavior so severe it takes precedence over life interests. Obviously, the global video game industry is fighting this. Uh, but the WHO is now going to add it to the 11th edition of the International um, Classification of Diseases, the ICD-11. ICD ICD codes. Huh? The next one. Does so, that include... Um, like poker, online poker, stuff like that? Or? That's more the gambling. Okay. Yeah, this is more gaming. So kind of the virtual reality type of thing? Or? Could be, but I'm thinking more like uh, World of Warcraft. I don't see my my gaming back in the day. It's Pong. Pong. 
Asteroids. <laughs> I loved centipede. Asteroids. I love centipede. Okay. Like, What's asteroids? I know. Yeah. No, and it's it's Call of Duty. You know, those kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what those are. Okay, it's just as well. Okay. All right, but here's what I deferred to because Julie Chin, shout out to Julie, sent me this awesome Atlantic mm-hmm. article regarding a landmark study on the origins of alcoholism. Okay, now I'm going to nerd up a little here because this is on research. Well, you do this well. So. I love research, so I'm really a, nerdy. Put on a seatbelt. I am nerdy. Well, apparently a seasoned psychiatrist, um, uh, Helig, has joined the National Institute of Health in 2004 who, because he believed that studying addictive behavior in laboratory rats and mice would pinpoint crucial genes and molecules and brain regions that could be targeted to help with humans. But all of that research so far has not transferred to humans until now. It turns out that was because, you know, he said that we've been studying it the wrong way. Usually they'll let animals self-administer drugs by pressing a lever, which they always learn to do. When humans regularly drink alcohol, only 15% or so become dependent on the stuff. What about the other 85%? Mm. Because in the animal things, they all get addicted. So he's like, well, what happens there? I'm just curious. So then this guy, Eric Auger, who studied cocaine addiction, he did this differently. He trained rats to self-administer alcohol and then offered them sugary water, too, which mimics real life, in which drugs exist simultaneously with other pleasurable substances. Giving a choice between booze and nectar, most rats chose the latter, but not all of them. Of the 32 rats he first tested, four ignored the sugar and kept shooting up with alcohol. Four rats is laughable, he said, but 620 rats later, no one's laughing. So they tried different rat breeds. They always got the same results. So interestingly, consistently, 15% of them chose alcohol over sugar, the same proportion of human drinkers who who progressed alcoholism. Is interesting? So those alcohol-preferring rats showed other hallmarks of human addiction, too. They spent more effort to get a sip of alcohol than the sugar-preferring peers. They kept on drinking even when their booze was spiked with a bitter chemical or paired with an electric shock. And that was striking as a clinician because embedded in the criteria for diagnosing alcoholism is that people continue to take drugs despite knowledge of the fact it will harm them. So this is a really good study, says Michael Taffey in neuroscience at the Scripps Research Institute. Since only a minority of humans experience a transition to addiction, it's most likely to identify the specific genetic variants, which is exactly what they found. Apparently, there are uh, they found they look for differences in the genes active in brains uh, for alcohol-preferring rats, and they looked at six regions they thought were involved in addiction. No difference in five of them, but in the sixth region, they found the difference. It's called the amygdala. Mm-hmm. which is the almond-shaped region that sits in the brain. It's heavily processed, uh, involved in processing emotions. So when Ajay looked at the amygdala of the alcoholic rats, he found unusually low activity in several genes, all of which are linked to a chemical called GABA. Okay, because remember, we've got GABA, norepinephrine, we've got dopamine. GABA is a molecular red light. Certain neurons make up and release it to stop their neighbors from firing. And once that's done, they start to pump the molecules back into themselves and then reuse it. But in the amygdala of alcohol-preferring rats, the gene is less active. It makes the unusual, uh, does just half the usual levels 
of the accumulation of GABA. And that means the rats have a difficulty with fear and stress. Mm -hmm. So they're more anxious, which explains their vulnerability to alcohol. Wow. He predicts it'll take another five years of work to fully close the loop to understand why, but this recycling pump is important. They took rats that preferred sugar and deliberately reduced the levels of GABA in their amygdala, and again, they turned into um, uh, addiction-prone prefers rats. This is rats. huge. This so is it looks huge. really the same. This is very exciting. Again, I I nerded out when I saw this. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know what's blowing me away is why wow. it took so long. Wow. Well, you know what we have been looking at? is uh, there, we looked at, for alcoholics, we do know that they do tend to be um, uh, dop uh, dopamine depleted. So we do look at them as having, coming into the world with potentially not enough pleasure, dopa pleasure. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they were studying GABA, but that's another one. So um, anyway, they're hoping that if they can influence these GABA levels in humans more, we can help them control their addictions. And... Um, I just thought I could not help myself. I had to share that. No, that is Thanks brilliant. for putting up with my molecular... No, that's cool. Uh, it's the power of music. I know. I tell you. Oh, I, uh, GABA. I'm sorry. Uh, GABA. I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking, yeah, ABBA. Well, ABBA, of course. ABBA, of course. But anyway, it's very exciting. Nice. And again, you know, there is, there's no, not ever going to be a magic pill to cure addiction, but we're making so many, um, so many breakthroughs regarding uh, craving management and being able to identify people who may be at risk. Because that's the other piece of this. If they can get even more clear about the dopamine levels mm -hmm. and the GABA levels, maybe we can even identify uh, people at risk earlier. Well, you know, yeah, maybe. I mean, would it be something that people could undergo when they're young and they could have certain genetic markers that we can address that, before? That would be interesting. Get, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, the closer they get to finding these things, I think the more opportunity can, there is. We can treat them before they become exactly su really substantial problems. And I don't know if there's any correlation between um, what you just read and, and alcohol use mm -hmm. and abuse um, and academic performance. Mm -hmm. or, I don't know. I don't know what that I means. I can imagine. But I don't know. Maybe there are behavioral issues or... or mm -hmm. Problems forming good relationships. I don't know. Yeah, well, GABA, really GABA is really connected to the anxiety stuff. So, yeah, people who have difficulty with GABA do wind up having more prone to PTSD. Mm -hmm. They're prone to more uh, panic disorder. So, yeah, this is it's a big deal. Yes, that's why I called they called they called it a landmark study. And for once, it was not hyperbole. It's no, no, the truth. Yeah, that's right. Okay. It's the truth. No, so contrast all the lovely um, research you did there uh, or in, into this new study and then moving on to the next section of our, well, it's our ethics challenge. Ethics, yay! Yeah. Okay, ethics challenge. And this one is really kind of interesting because it involves um, one of the most challenged individuals um, regarding ethics uh -huh. in our country, which is, of course, our president. Um I'm I sorry. can't even believe you're talking about I, him and ethics that. in the same sentence. But based okay. on, and you switched the articles, and so that article really dovetails very well into what I'm about to. Oh, good. Read. Okay. So, Excellent. So here's the article from Politico: um, People dying in a ditch. That's quote. Oh no. Unquote. Trump demanded horrifying anti-opioid ads, New Book says. So, oh, this is uh, one of his folks that worked in his administration. But let's go back for a minute. He wrote a book, but um, last June, so it was about almost a year ago. Well, no, it wasn't a year ago. We don't know which June it was. No, it was last year. Probably last year. Six-figure advertising campaign to combat, which 
That's your first tip off, six figure. Okay. So it's not even a million dollars. Okay. Um, campaign to uh, combat the opioid adep- epidemic was notable for its gruesome imagery, oh, including no. a woman intentionally crashing her car and a man shattering his spine oh, God. beneath a jacked up vehicle during desperate efforts to acquire prescription drugs. Oh. Yeah, why would they do that, right? So, anyway, it's all doom and gloom. It was exactly what uh, President Trump envisioned when two senior aides kind of pitched the idea we need to do something for, you know, yeah. an opioid messaging type of campaign. Okay. It's kind of like prevention campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so this former staffer, Cliff Sims, who wrote this in his new book, uh-huh. imagine that, uh, this is quoting the president, we need people dying in a ditch. I want bodies stacked on top of bodies. Oh, God. Trump told White House <laughs> counsel, wait for it, Kellyanne Conway. Oh. Who has spearheaded the administration's efforts to contain the opioid abuse crisis? Oh no! Kellyanne they Conway, put Kellyanne what does she know? A pollster in an she attorney. She knows nothing about addiction prevention. In, oh in God! In fact, she's caused more to, to, to <laughs> exacerbate addiction in the country than she has to cure it. So, oh no! And here's this thing: do it like they did with cigarettes. That's a direct quote from the president. Do it like they did with cigarettes. They had body bags piled over the streets and ugly people with giant holes in their faces oh, and necks. Oh, no. Now, if you're a person of a certain age. Yeah. Like, like me, us. Yeah. <laughs> in grade school, I remember those photos. I do. I do, too. And the one. Remember thing, the black lung? Oh, they used yeah. to bring oh, the sure. diseased yeah, lung, the lung yeah. to class. Yeah. And then they show somebody and, and it would say the caption would say, smoking is glamorous. And mm-hmm. Some person yeah. that just looked really right Really out. tore up, yeah. Now, you know, I met a lot of smokers in my life, and that's not what they look like. They do not look like they that. They don't look like that. So what I really felt at the time was, not not at the time because I was just a little kid, When as I got older, I'm like, that was exploitive of some, probably some poor homeless person mm. who might be suffering, you know. Yeah. I always thought it was exploitive. Anyway. So here's here's the real so thing. So Trump thinks we need some really nasty, yeah. gruesome pictures. Yeah. Trump, and here's another thing. Trump had no interest in another proposal, wait for it, to create a website where Americans could share personal stories about the opioid crisis. Oh, that might make sense. That might actually be helpful. Instead, Trump called Conway. He wanted to, quote, develop the most horrifying ads you've ever seen. Oh, no. Yeah. So. Uh, research says it doesn't work well yeah so here's some more you can't scare straight it doesn't work like that uh, are you reading my notes oh so man here's another quote me telling people to sign up on a website isn't going to do anything trump said according to the book we need to scare kids so much that will never touch a single drug in their entire life next thing you know the kids don't want to be cool and smoke anything anymore and of course uh, his first comment um does have some validity wow me telling people to sign up on a website isn't going to do anything that's because he has no credibility. <laughs> so the next thing is, we'll Aww. scare them into this. So I just, history, remember the D.A.R.E. program. Yes, the D.A.R.E. program. Remember, just Which is no. still popular, by the way, even though there's with the police, no research that it works. With the police. Exactly. No research Because it could have the Corvette. That's oh, the my reason, God. You know. oh, my God. Uh, the Just Say No campaign, of course, scared straight. Yep, scared straight. We, these are three examples, and we can also call them three strikes. Knowing that this deficit-based, fear-based approach does not work. It does not. Much of much the way the current administration operates. Wow. So we know in the modern world, we have what's called positive youth development and asset-based um, types of ideas. Right. And so that's what we focus on. But uh, nope. <laughs> it's dead. We're just going to have back the in the gruesome, 30s. hideous pictures. Yep. It kind of a, reminds me of Reefer Madness. Oh, I love Reefer Madness. You know? That's only fun if you're high. It's only fun if you're high. <laughs> 
the whole idea is just we're going to scare people into changing their behavior, and that's just not how it works. Um, and I do want to point out, well, uh, I don't want to do okay. too much on this, but remember that the administration wants to scare people, but they don't want to do too much related to the people that distribute the drugs. Right, exactly. They get a special pass. Yeah, they're a little protective. But once you're addicted and your yeah. life is going poorly and you're you know, impacting your community, we're going to blame you. We're going to scare yeah, you. We're going to scare we're you. We're not going to do anything, oh. do anything to make sure you don't ever get that and that we improve your community and do all kinds of good things. Well, you know, honestly, I'm looking here at our code of conduct Wait. and uh, it's pretty straightforward here. Uh, D, advertising, marketing, promoting services in a false and misleading manner. Mm. That would be that. That is unacceptable behavior. Not not beyond the fact it doesn't even work. Is there anything in the ethics code about, you know, I don't know. What? IQ, anything like that. Like IQ? Yeah. Like you should have some IQ. With the president? <laughs> you know what we could do with him? We could attribute the fact that he can't put together coherent sentences yeah. to some sort of um, a medication use, like street drug. It could be. Yeah, we could say... Now that would be a scared straight. So that's a, like you could sound like this, children. Yes, it's a disordered <laughs> mind right there. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is really horrible. Is. I have not seen other than that one where the woman in New York decided. Remember, this was a probably last year where she did her detox in in. Uh, Times Square in the window. Yeah, in the window. Yeah. I haven't seen those. So obviously somebody must have talked him out of that because we haven't seen those hideous. You it's know, just, a, it's just, just scared. It's just feeble. Just it's, scared. It's just, yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My apologies. That's all right. Because well, we're going to shift our, into our next section relapse prevention. Interesting ways people are staying sober. And I found this also, which I thought was such an interesting thing. It's called, uh, it's a Vox article, Sobriety having a moment and it talks about influencers are sober and sober curious Instagram influencers helpful or harmful mm. for people struggling with addiction and it, it's like this idea of sharing your recovery on uh, on the Instagram and posting quotes there's a guy uh, Cooper who said he started his seventh sober evolution count he now has 57,000 people he also has a sober evolution website people tag their friends also in recovery it exploded he's part of a growing legion on Instagram sobriety influencers where your typical Instagram famous celeb documents and lifestyle of indulgent partying and uh, fancy cocktails sobriety influencers post before and after sobriety photos memes pointing out the amusing side of a substance free existence and and sponsor uh, uh, sober branded lifestyle products. So it's a, it's a agenda that says the sober lifestyle is cool. Cooper says, I think cool is a good word. It's almost rebellious in a sense because of how glorified alcohol and drugs have been for so long. And apparently this trend is growing. Um, the, uh, number, WHO says the number of drinkers in the world is decreasing. Teens and young adults alike are a part of this pivot. Actually, young people uh, who do drink are not binge drinking as much as they used to, but that's because they've been shifting to va vaping and legal marijuana. Say, it's so it's not like they've suddenly run into sobriety. But um, so there's there's limited statistics to quantify the decrease in millennial drinking, but there is a cultural shift where their social lives aren't as alcohol centric as they once were. 
And so this idea of trendsetters who see sobriety as an asset um, hopefully is playing a role in that. Now, there's a difference between people who need to get sober and those who want to get sober. And unfortunately, the social media tends to conflate the two. So Instagram hashtags like sober curious, sober life, sober Saturday, sober is sexy are connecting to those who are actively recovering from their addiction and those who are sober curious, just wanting to learn more about it. Uh, so to be clear, there's a difference between sobriety and recovery. The former applies to those who've given up alcohol and recreational drugs, while the latter is for those who are actively addressing any underlying issues through therapy and treatment programs. So probably one of the most famous is Jennifer Jimenez. Um, and then there's other Vanderpump rules, Lala Kent, uh, who has uh, Lala Kent. She's a model and act actress influencer with 1 million Instagram followers. That's why I don't know her. Yeah. She was, uh, during her current season of Vanderpump Rules, she experimented with sobriety. Since the season's wrap, she's revealed she's an AA. She, in December, wrote an Instagram story about being 60 days sober. And then in March, announced she's five months sober. So, anyway, doctors are pretty uh, optimally, uh, you know, uh, optimistic about this. Now, yeah, Tessa Jorgensen's a fan, a follower of hip sobriety, quit drinking in 2013 at the age of 23. Um, when she wanted to look into sobriety, she didn't feel AA was for her because um, she didn't think she was an alcoholic. But with non-AA options like hip sobriety and other online social media savvy programs, you know, there's more options for young people in particular hmm. who want to connect with other people who want to be sober. I, there you go. How, how do you feel about that? I have some thoughts. You have something. Go ahead and tell me your thoughts. Well, are we in danger of having this this co-opted, a really good idea co-opted by those who are trying to maybe solicit others toward toward their website or toward their um, their other types of activities? You know what I'm saying? Use they get to fish from that. that You're right. Here, there so are people who would like to sell products and things yeah. to recovering people. Yes. Yeah. Or even unscrupulous um, folks from Palm Beach. Uh, who might be involved. Actually, they have showed up on that site. Oh, oh so, okay. I'm not You're crazy. You're right. You're not crazy. Thank you. That is the downside. The body, you know, bounty hunters, body hunters, mm -hmm. people who are looking for to turn people into cash have okay. uh, been on these sites as well. Okay. So I'm not. No, you're, not, I know your paranoia it. always serves you well, my friend. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> is that related to one of those fancy uh, articles you talked about in my how much gabble you have? Small, <laughs> yes, that is the downside. Yeah. Okay. So that that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, everything ha has both. Where again, we know we're always struggling to reach out to young people. Um, it is harder. They are more of a mobile kind of group. They do spend a lot of time on their phones and apps, and so anyway. I just thought I'd throw it out there because the idea of being a sober influencer mm -hmm. um, is part of anti-stigma. And yeah. I'm a huge anti-stigma fan, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's why I have my website, peopleinlongtermrecovery.org. Yes. And I'm, I'm actually, I feel very positive when uh, people with some social following and status are willing to acknowledge their own recovery, willing to talk about the benefits of recovery. So I'm going to come down mm. on the side of more positive than negative, okay. even though there's always a negative. I understand. I keep wondering if this is a, you know, a, a deficit in our, in our modern day culture where people don't get to connect in other ways. We, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, then, you know, you have more, you definitely have a greater reach, right? Where yeah, I, can, you do. I can connect with somebody all the way, you know, across sure. the world who's also in recovery like I am and feel understood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll take your point. Uh, I'll back off on the paranoia. Thank you. Thank you. I'll just, but, but the paranoia has been noted but, and it is correct. Let me cure that with a couple. Uh, there, I just have some gummies. <laughs> Feeling better now. Reach into the gummy bowl. The gummy. <laughs> They're just vitamins, folks. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Just being healthy. So here we are. We're at the end. Oh, already. But remember, note to self, live show. Live to show. August 29th. August 29th. Colorado Nonprofit That's Center. That's right. It'll be on the marquee there. <laughs> give out some, some uh, free swag. tickets and swag. Oh, you're so funny. Some little tufts of hair. <laughs> tufts we'll call those hair. just it'll be like chimpanzee hair. <laughs> Because if you see our picture online, that's exactly you know that's what we look like. So there you go. But uh, we're we're here with and (laughs) talk about our humility moment. We have one on August 29th. Yes, we are. It's going to be embarrassing. The whole hour or whatever we do is going to be humility moment. But let's get past that and see if there's anything this week. Um, When you came in, I did a quick inventory. She still has five fingers. I have all my digits on each hand. So that's (laughs) ten, and we total ten on her feet. I can tell. No bandages, no scars. Uh, well, I did. Clothing's intact. I did not use power tools no this power week. Tools. I'm so sorry to report. Uh, so you know, there we go. Then. So how did it go? Since you- well, this week was much milder because I'm I'm on a, I'm on a his insane planting cactus cactus planting phase. Cactus. Well. <laughs> I do love me some succulents, Gary. I I do love them because they're hard to kill. And I I have the thumbs of death. And so (laughs) So one of the things, but I learned this week, here's what I learned this week. Did you know that succulents can get sunburned? I thought all succulents like sun because I think of them as like cactuses, but I've spent a fortune creating a new succulent garden, much to my horror. Gary, this week I noticed some of them had developed these very unattractive brown spots. And I'm like, what the hell? All age right, so and they're, not old they're age spots. And I'm like, what? what's happening? And, oh and some of their little skin was starting to look a little, you know, tough. And I'm like, what am I, what am, how am I killing these things? They're in the sun. They have lots of, anyway. So I had to look it up online. Mm-hmm. And apparently they have some of the the varieties of succulents i have have now gotten sunburn so now on my patio gary i have a sunburn ward <laughs> of some of these plants i've had to rescue and you're misting them and i'm having to put them? them i'm having to put them oh in the shade i had to look up how to treat them so i'm going to try to save their little succulent lives um, because apparently they don't like that much sun so who knew this I is did not impressive. know. I did not know. Now I know. And, I, and I'm going to save them. Sense, you're going to do all you can to save them. I am. Gonna I'm going to do everything well. I you're gonna can. You're going to put them back out there. Then you're going to have a mishap with a power tool <laughs> and take out like three or four of them. You know. <laughs> that could, of course, happen. No sunburns. Blower. Decap. But, but right now, I'm trying to. I'm learning that succulents have skin. They have skin. They have skin, and they don't want to be in the sun all the time. Some of them really don't like it's it. kind of like us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that. Or so that was my humility moment that I was managing to kill things that I did not think were even killable. Um, but wow. I was able to discover why. That Okay. And you, you found, I looked you, it up. 
And so would you plant other plants next to them to kind of shade them? Well, I'm learning that there's varieties of succulents, some of them mm -hmm. let, that like sun. Okay. So I'm learning. I learned. I just learned myself. This is perfect news to hear. So, <laughs> <clears throat> <you> know. <laughs> so that was my moment. Yeah, I have moments. I, but I've been reaching in the archives. Uh, okay. These go back a ways, a long ways, but we'll talk about when I was younger. I had this girlfriend. I was trying to be very... Uh, how we say intellectually astute? I bet you were quite the gay blade when you were young. Oh, I, I could be. Uh, particularly <laughs> using words such as misconstrued. So I was in conversation with him. I said, well, yeah, with her. I said, you know, yeah, well, this point's getting misconstrued. And oh, she said, no. What, what's, what'd you say? Say that again. I said, misconstrued. Oh, dear. Well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, you know. It's it's being mis misinterpreted or it's being misrepresented. Blah, oh, blah, blah. you were trying to impress her with your big vocabulary. Goes, yeah, yeah, my big, oh, my, no. my big made up vocabulary. No. When I was younger, she said, "No, it's misconstrued." I'm like, what? It's misconstrued. Oh no! So I doubled down. <laughs> oh God, can't. nothing worse than a, an idiot who doubles Double down. down. Stooge. Oh. So I go, what? What? no, it's misconstrued. Okay, all right. It's misconstrued. Sure enough, you know. You had to look it up later. I, I did. You did? Okay. It's not misconstrued. Oh. That's something. But, did, but it, did it ruin your chances with a girl? It, <laughs> well, it, it took. What really happened is it just got rid of any pretense that there's an intellectual bone in my body. <laughs> I was revealed at that point in my 20s. You were revealed as the same guy that as told people to wipe the. Toner off the That's forehead. right. Yeah, you got Same toner dude. in your forehead. <laughs> How come everyone does? Man, this is a bad problem Poor in the copy room Gary. on a Wednesday. Poor Gary. Yeah, that was horrible. Well, I'm anyway. sorry. I'm sorry that you tried to pull it off and it just, it dived. It dived hard. Yeah, yeah. I've, sorry, I've, I've, I've had... Um... You've had more practice now. So oh, hopefully yeah. oh, yeah. your, your vocabulary is bigger. But is it correct? <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Is it the right words? Or did I just make that shit up? I just made up? these words up. <laughs> yeah, because, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, here we are. Well, here we are at the end of our show. Thank you for joining us again this week. We hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as, of course, we enjoy ourselves. And um, we look forward to talking to you next time. And keep the 29th in mind. All righty. Take care. Take care. <laughs>